In Second Mountain, Brooks explores the four commitments, four commitments that define a life of meaning and purpose. Commitment to a spouse and family, commitment to a vocation, commitment to a philosophy or a faith tradition, and commitment to a community. Brooks argues that our personal fulfillment depends on how well we choose and how well we execute these four commitments. When we choose and execute these commitments well, life moves from self-centered to other-centered. Life moves from mostly acquiring possessions and status to discovering real purpose. Life moves from striving for singular success to a life of compassion and a life of service that impacts those around us and indeed makes a difference in global issues even. So the book, Second Mountain, wants to help all of us live more meaningful lives. But it's also a commentary about our culture. Our culture celebrates freedom, as we've done this past weekend. Our culture also tells us to be our true selves and that it's always about the individual. Brooks keeps saying that the better way is to root ourselves in the neighborhood, to bind ourselves to others by social solidarity and love, and put wholesome commitments at the center of our lives. We've heard all this before. We've heard it before. But we keep needing to be called back to it again and again, it seems. 2,000 years ago, Jesus appeared on the scene, and Jesus came to teach and to heal and to show the way to life, real life as God intends for all people. Good news to the poor, release to the captives, sight to the blind, freedom to the oppressed, Jesus moves on the scene and a leper is healed. Jesus moves on a scene and a paralyzed man gets up from his pallet and walks. Jesus moves on the scene and tax collectors so focused on their money and their own mission walk away from their tax booth and follow Jesus. And Jesus' teachings get remembered and Jesus' teachings get noticed. He says, Love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. He says, if anyone strikes you on the cheek, turn the other one. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love your, those who love you, what credit is that? Even sinners love those who love them. Be kind and merciful. He says, just as your father is kind and merciful, do not judge, forgive, and you will be forgiven. Jesus does and says all of that in the very first few chapters of the Gospel of Luke. Jesus' message is so much about our commitments, rooting ourselves in the neighborhood, connecting ourselves to others, building social solidarity through love and kindness and generosity, and forgiveness, and aligning our lives with the purposes of God. 
That's what it's all about. And then we find this wonderful passage in Luke 10, beginning with the first verse. After this, all that I just mentioned, after this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on to go ahead in pairs in every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whatever, whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, know this, the kingdom of God has come near you. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. Our sermon word for today is vocation. We have a fresh opportunity this Sunday uh, to think about our lives, about our commitments, about rooting our lives in the neighborhood, about connecting our lives to others, about building social solidarity through compassion and care, and about aligning our lives with the purposes of God. Today we celebrate the faith and the commitments and the joyful baptisms of two um, special, impressive young women, Anaya and Lucy. Their presence and their statements of faith, which were read today to the session, and their baptisms this morning in worship confirms, can all confirm that their lives, held first and foremost by God, covered totally and certainly with God's promises, their lives intend to go a certain way, the way of Jesus. They affirm their commitment today to live in the ways of Jesus. They spoke those words in this worship service. They promised to keep growing in faith, striving to trust God as we all do, seeking to love God and love neighbor, spreading God's kindness and forgiveness and peace. And their commitments are not just for themselves, and they're not just on their own doing this. They link their lives with us, and we promise to pray for them and encourage them and support them just as we've done for each other all along the way. For we're all seeking to live this life following, serving, trusting, promoting the peace and light of Jesus. This is about our commitment to vocation. Vocation. Vocation is not what kind of job we have. It's how we do all the jobs that we have. Vocation is not about what career we have chosen. It's about how we move through that career. Connecting to others, 
spreading love and peace. Vocation reminds us that life is not about the ego. It's not about success. It's about serving and helping and aligning our lives with the purposes of God. In speaking about the importance of vocation, David Brooks reminds us of the story of Viktor Frankl. I trust that you know Viktor Frankl's name. Frankl found himself a prisoner of war at four different Nazi concentration camps, including Auschwitz. He realized there that the career questions, what do I want from life? What should I do with my life? How can I be successful in life? What can make me happy in life? None of those could work in a Nazi concentration camp. None of those were the proper questions to even be asking or thinking. He was a prisoner in deplorable conditions surrounded by death and despair. So Frankel realized that the real question is, what is life asking of me now? He said, it didn't really matter what we expected from life, but, what, but rather what life is expecting from us. Frankel realized in the Nazi concentration camp, and I quote, we needed to stop asking about the meaning of life and to instead think of ourselves as those who are being questioned daily by life, hourly by life. Our answer must consist not in talk and in meditation, but in right action and right conduct. We always have a vocation, and our vocation is in answering the questions, what is my responsibility here? What is there yet for me to do here? In talking about the importance of a commitment to vocation, David Brooks reminds us that vocation is rooted in the concept of call. Call. God calls us. God encourages us in how we are to live. We have work to do with God, all of us. Work to do with God. Work that is bigger than our jobs. Work that goes beyond our families, work that is far deeper than our personal pursuits. God calls and expects all of us to align our lives with God's purposes and how we live matters. With every day, with every season, every challenge, we want to ask, what is my responsibility here? What is God asking me to do here? And the Greek word for call Kaleo is very close to the Greek word for beauty, kalon. Our hearts all gravitate toward beauty, almost naturally. We're drawn to beautiful sunsets. We're drawn to uh, beautiful paintings. We're drawn to uh, beautiful music, beautiful pieces of nature. We're drawn to traveling for beauty. We're drawn to whatever Beauty incites from us, almost inherently, a desire to explore something. I am seeking, I am striving, I am in it with all my heart. Vincent van Gogh wrote in the prime of his love of painting, beauty. I am striving, I am seeking, I am in it with all my heart. Similarly, we have a sense of vocation. Commitments, not just to success, but to serving, 
not just to self, but to relationships, not just to a career, but to beauty all along the way, not just to personal things, but to community. And in pursuing all that, we move closer to meaningful lives, full lives, wholesome lives, beauty and call vocation. Our lives are linked to God and God's promise reign, beauty and call, vocation. It leads us to meaningful life, and it looks like God's promise reign, loving, forgiving, spreading kindness and peace, caring about creation, knowing that we are part of God's grand purposes every day, always, and we move closer and closer to wholeness, to the eternal life that God offers all of us as we discover our calling, vocation. I want to lift up now what's really wonderful and what's really beautiful about this calling of the 70 in this passage, the sending out of the 70. Jesus didn't say, go and tell people how to live. Like, you have to do this and you have to stop doing this. Christians are so often focused on that. He didn't say that. He also did not say to them, agree or disagree with this set of beliefs. Ask people to agree to these things. Christians are too often obsessed with belief. He didn't say anything about belief. He didn't send out the people urging them in how to vote or what to wear or what to eat. Jesus just sent them out. He said, go. He said, go and share peace. Go and enjoy fellowship, eating and drinking with people. He invited the 70 to go and to meet people where they were. He said, go and cure the sick. Go and tell them that the kingdom of heaven is near. That's what he said. It's about peace and compassion and care and the nearness of the kingdom of heaven. Wow. Peace, compassion, and care and the nearness of the kingdom of heaven. What if that was the focus of our daily life? Yours and mine. What if that was the focus of the meeting at the Capitol this week? Peace and care and compassion and the nearness of the kingdom. What if that was the focus of all the political posturing? What if that was the focus at the southern border? Peace compassion and care and the nearness of the kingdom of heaven. How would it alter our relationships? How would it change our city? How would it change our culture? How would it, if it, would it improve our daily demeanor? How would it alter our whole society? Jesus says, just go. Go and embody peace and share peace and enjoy fellowship, eating and dining with people and, and cure the sick and 
Tell them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Wow. We still go to work. We still got to pay our bills. We still have to work on important projects. We still have various things that we want to be about. But our lives finally and fundamentally are rooted in vocation and beauty and peace and compassion and the nearness of the kingdom of heaven. How about that? What we're really working on, all of us, always, and we talk about it today with Anaya and Lucy, what we're all working on, really, is an inner transformation. This is our goal. An inner transformation. It doesn't happen quickly. It's a long journey, a process that we might not even notice every day, day in and day out. We might not notice this inner transformation, but the journey of faith, the following of Jesus, the living out our lives in vocation, well, it is really a long journey inner transformation especially toward peace and compassion and care and the nearness of the kingdom of heaven but that inner transformation allows us to see life differently experience the world differently it's not about the self it's about others it's not about personal gain it's about serving it's not about climbing it's about caring. It's not about status, but it's about real meaning and purpose. Cynthia Bourgeault writes that the kingdom of heaven is not a place you go to. It is a place that you come from. It's a place you come from. It's a transformed way of looking at the world which comes about when we move deeply into God and God moves more and more deeply into us. When we realize that we indeed come from the kingdom of heaven, then we live with a powerful sense of vocation. Our lives have a purpose related to God's purposes. We seek to live spreading peace, spreading compassion, spreading care, Spreading the nearness of the kingdom of heaven. That's what Jesus said. Go and do. Go and do. Go and do. Today we gather at this table, the Lord's table, this bread and cup. This is food from the kingdom of heaven. It's for our lives. We're fed here so that we can go out there and spread peace and care and compassion and the nearness of the kingdom of heaven. May it be so. May we be so fed today, tomorrow, forever, all of us, for God's very important work in the world. May it be so. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. We seek to follow Jesus. Amen.